Monday Noiros. Oof, that one felt weird coming out. Must be the just the Mondayness of it all. Case of the Mondays. Rare Monday record coming at you live from the past out of the podcast. The world's number one film noir podcast, according to you, the listeners. I guess. I don't know. I hope. If, if they're seeing another podcast, Dan, I, we might just end this thing once and for all. I hope not. We got, uh, only. we got the one and only Dan here and Gentleman Joey to say, what do you want from us? <laughs> We're on our knees here. They want content, I think. Oh, God forbid. Yeah. Where do they get off? Right. Hello. <laughs> hey there. Hi again. <laughs> I just woke up from a nap and uh, we're, we're really going to get into this movie when we do, but I feel like I, I just, I'm prepared. Like I just did my homework at the last minute and I'm uh, just waiting yeah. to be caught. So yeah, just getting that right out there. Chips are on the table. Don't worry. I won't scold you or anything. I appreciate it. They had a, a, a film noir on Noir Alley this weekend. Can you believe it? Who would have thought? It had Hank Kimball from Green Acres in it, so I got to add another noir to the Green Acres staple. Was that Five Against the House? Yeah, he was the one with the dorky haircut. You know, the <laughs> one you'd expect to be from Green Acres. Yeah. yeah. How was that? I, I've always been curious about that one. I've never seen that. Yeah, because that's um the, the director of Kansas City Confidential. and Yeah, and, Phil, Car- Phil Carlson. Yeah. yeah, and 99 River Street. Um, Not as good as those two. Yeah, it, it, I would say overall I didn't like it, but I... Hmm. It was interesting stuff, definitely. Okay. And Kim Novak is in it, too. Uh, that's always a plus. Exactly. But not enough Kim Novak, so there's that. Yeah. Cool. How you doing? That's all I really got. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, doing, I'm doing all right. I um, I made my way through all my movies, so it's actually like I, I kind of, I, in a way, like I'm kind of glad because it's like kind of freed me up to kind of go back and like just revisit old ones that I've been Oh, you're ready watch. to rewatch? Wow. Well, just other other movies. Just sure. um, I, I've been doing a lot of the summer. I mean, it's, it's been you know I don't want to bring up the weather, but here we are. It's been a heat wave, so I've been watching summer. This movies, is just so news I, of the planet, Dan. It's not even yeah. specific weather at this point. Like this, what we just came from was insane, and the fact that people expect us to keep going and go Function. through it again, yeah. and let's not make any changes to prevent this from happening again. Um, I, that's just terrible to me. That's just completely sickening and it's probably just the the heat that's making you feel this way but it could be um and you'd go outside at night and it would be like 85 and it would still be like yeah but feels like 90 that's against the rules the sun is gone yeah that's just not not the way to to live life (laughs) no not at all and i I hope the people that want us to live this life are sweat you know i hope they get a couple beads of sweat even though i know they're in their bunker that's beautifully air-conditioned underground yeah away from the poor the sweaty poor i uh so i watched uh do the right thing which is a good you know if it's if it's a hot day out i mean that's that's, that's, that's definitely the ultimate heat wave movie yeah i watched that and i watched my one of my personal summer favorites uh corvette summer with mark hamill and uh annie sure. potts <laughs> um which is uh it's on Warner archive blu-ray um and uh i actually it's been I've had that movie so long that I I, read, I bought the original DVD like when it came out from Warner Archive and they upgraded it like years ago and I got it. Um, and uh, yeah, just it's such a fun, good time. Danny Bonaducci's in it. Uh, it's just a, a really good, good, fun time. And so I watched that on Sunday. Good Sunday afternoon. Beat the heat. Let's watch some 70s car chase sort of stuff. That's a good time. Yeah, this, the 70s pre global warming. There was some temperatures. 
that was that was you know gas crises and <laughs> all, all kinds of other fun stuff yeah we got nothing like that now no of course not we would never we got that yeah figured out and handled yeah that segues a little bit into a small thing about this movie that we're covering tonight about the uh the rationing yeah a little bit <laughs> <laughs> hey man I'm, I'm just i'm trying to transition here okay like, we could go ahead and get into this movie I, I mean it seems like we both have nothing on the docket which is fine I think this one's going to be a, a a slog, as they say, a real famous slog. So yeah, probably couldn't hurt to get through it. And as I said, I'm barely prepared. So let's have some fun with that. I think that's where the fun's really going to kick in there. Could be a fun time. Episode 82. This is how you know we're in the barrel now, baby. Yeah. Uh, we're, we're deep in it. You ready for some taglines, Stan? We're, we're ready for taglines. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of them, too. Oh, boy. <laughs> Lads hot tempted by two women to kiss one and kill the other one. Okay. Mystery, action. I guess it's eh. a tagline. I probably would have skipped that if I had read that ahead. Those are just uh, things. <laughs> Those are just descriptor <laughs> words. Yeah, like, okay, that's the genre. Tamed by a brunette. Framed by a blonde. Blamed by the cops. Okay. Sure. <laughs> this beautiful blonde tries to step in. Where this gorgeous brunette left off with lad. They're really trying to sell that the haircuts. <laughs> I mean, the hair color. I mean, for such a black and white movie, too. And yeah. it's also like the blue Dahlia. And it's like, is it? Looks pretty yeah. gray to me. Double dame trouble. Double barreled action. Okay. Three famous finds from the quote unquote, the lost weekend to thrill you again. Welcome to the blue Dahlia, Dan. We were released April 19th, 1946. Crazy. I, I never, I think of this movie a little earlier just because of how it is, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. We should have known better by 46, but we're, we're blaming Paramount Pictures for this one. We're directed mm-hmm. by George Marshall, written by Raymond Chandler. There's mm-hmm. something. That might be a good reason why we're here. And produced by John Houseman, just because. Uh, welcome to the show, Dan. I'm here for Veronica Lake, okay? Veronica Lake as well. <laughs> that, that, that's why I'm here. I mean, the, these were the things that when I was scheduling this movie, it was like, we haven't had Veronica Lake yet, which is pretty criminal. We've had yes. Alan Ladd before, I believe, right? I know we've had one of his productions at the very least. That's is a it great just that? question. It may be that's just that. That's a great that. question. Um, Dan's looking that up in the meantime, but... Yeah, there's Jaguar Productions. Um, yeah, didn't they do Third Man, if I remember correctly? Uh, they did the Hell on Frisco Bay. Okay. Um, so that was that was his production company. I'm and he trying was to in see that, if... wasn't he? Yes, I believe he was. Yeah. Um it wasn't that long ago. <laughs> yeah. My my brain. Yeah, he yeah, he's 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 in it. Yeah. So the lads are talking lad again, of course, but it was like, hey, we need some Veronica Lake. Raymond mm. Chandler is pretty well known in the genre, mostly on the novelistic end, if mm. you will. But here he is writing his first screenplay. This is something to talk about. And honestly, yeah. I hadn't seen this movie in a long time, and I remembered nothing about it. And <laughs> rewatching this, I remember why I remember nothing about it. It's unfortunately just not very memorable. It's another compromised movie, as we'll get into. Mm-hmm. It's a um, bit of a mess. Um, I mean, I, I, I blame that on a lot of factors, as we'll, I'm sure we'll get into. I mean, I, I, I like some of the performances. We'll get into it. But I mean, William Bendix is great. I'm, I'm a huge fan of his. Like, I love his character work. And I think he's one of the highlights of the movie. I think he's the best part, in yeah. my opinion. Yeah, he, he does fantastic. I mean, it, it's not even like the actors are doing a bad job. And it's well cast. It's just, uh, I don't I, I'd almost even blame the director, old George Marshall, on this one. Which is um, interesting because he's a very, I think he's a very competent director. I mean, looking at his 
like pedigree. Like he knows. But I how think to something direct, like this needed like something. This. Yeah, yeah, like it needed something better than confident. Right. I mean, and there's interesting Chandler lines in it. Like there's there's cool lines, but it just a lot of it just doesn't land like it should. I mean, it just feels like a lot of wasted potential for the most part. And I'm sure everyone involved feels the same way. But right, yeah, I, I feel like if it had you know a very solid director you know like if it had like 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 a you know howard hawks or you know a john houston or you know one oh, of those horny howard of hawks would just totally change this entire thing around <laughs> it, it needed a little horniness dan <laughs> i mean maybe no one was horny for veronica lake enough in this movie for what it needed yeah even though yeah. the taglines would be like oh this is gonna be a, this one's gonna be a steamer we got blondes we got brunettes oh my god then you're going in it's black and white and I don't know. You got yeah. uh, you got three United States Navy aviators, Dan. We got Johnny Morrison, Alan Ladd, Double D, mm-hmm. <laughs> single D lads here to say two Ds. We respect the D. Um, we got uh, <laughs> Buzz Wancheck, who is our William Bendix, star of the show. Mm-hmm. He is just a, a brute, and it's fantastic. And then you got George Copeland, Hugh Beaumont, who's just you know there. Or Cleaver. <laughs> <laughs> better, better in that role. They, they arrive in Hollywood, just, you know, three dreamers. They were all in the same crew in the South Pacific, and they're coming back messed up, basically. Buzz has shell shock, and he got a metal plate in his head. Alan Ladd, like, you know, he got shot at or, you know, something happened with them. They're broken toys. Yeah, they were in the Navy, and, and they saw a lot of action, it seemed like, so. As you do in the Navy, I'd imagine. Yeah, I mean, in World War II, yeah. I'm, thinking, were, I'm right? thinking the song right now, you know, in the Navy. <laughs> As you should. Yes. We try to make as many village people references here as possible. And honestly, that's why you're here today. Yeah. So they move there and they're like, let's get an apartment together. This is great. I love Hollywood. And Johnny's like, guess what, guys? I'm married. Let's go visit her. She's going to love this. I'm coming back. We had such a great relationship. We got a dead son you're going to find out about. This is going to be good. So they, she works at a, a hotel bungalow. She's having a, a huge party. It's going great. Everyone's having a, a, a nice liquored up time. And, well, she uh, lives there, right? She doesn't work there. You said she works there. Yes, I'm sorry. Okay. I just, I just want to be, be clear. And also, just real quick, I want to mention, uh, so we first see Buzz affected by loud music, by the jukebox, and it, it really, like, triggers him, and that will play a role later on. Yeah, they're like um, in a diner or something like that. Yeah, they're in the in like a diner bar kind of place, and like and this the one this one other soldier is there. I think he's either a soldier or marine. Uh, he's playing music and he keeps telling him to turn it off, and he actually gets like real in his face. He actually like pulls the cord out, like like straight up from the breaks it, itself. Yeah. yeah. But they they end up leaving, and now we're here where he goes to you know see his uh, his wife. At a, like, at hey, the bungalow. Cal- calm down. Let's go surprise my wife at this party she's throwing. Yeah. So he makes his way in there. He's like, hey, don't tell anyone, but I'm looking for Helen. And everyone's like, Helen's married? Really? Interesting. That real drunk, drunk lady that's like hanging all over him. <laughs> She's like, hey, you know, uh, that's too bad. I'd be happy to take over. But she makes it, he makes his way over to his, his wife, Helen, and she does not seem happy to see him. And she is also with this man, Eddie Harwood. Turns out while Johnny was away, Helen did a play, man. Yeah. Johnny's having a tough time with that. He punches Eddie, you know, once he realizes this and you know sees a, a kiss go on on his way out as he was leaving. He's like, oh, yeah, your your husband's here. I should probably go. 
so that goes badly and then it just is helen and johnny and helen's like yeah clearly this relationship is no good you should have told me what was up and also i said our son dicky died of defer diphtheria do people still get that dan that's a great question have we Uh, have we cured diphtheria i remember clicking the wikipedia article and i was just as confused I didn't look into it, but I feel like it's not something you hear about. So I would imagine it's probably been curtailed. <laughs> yeah, I would hope. And this kid didn't even have it anyways. It was a lie. He died in a car crash because Helen got drunk. It was drunk driving and killed their son. So, hey, that's not good. And Johnny doesn't handle it too well. And they get themselves into a, a little little tussle. Also, there's this detective who's who's around, this hotel detective who's called Dad. Which is, I mean, maybe one of the other most fascinating characters in this whole movie. Truly. That there's a hotel detective, first off. I mean, that's, you know. It's quite a place that they have that. Yeah, it's weird. It's like it has like it, it has like that whole really nice like entrance area of the of the hotel. Like it has the bar, it has like the concierge and all that stuff. And then it leads to like this outdoor bungalow area yeah. it's a very very odd uh place it's it's pretty fascinating it was more interesting and you, you almost see more of it than you do the actual like club the nightclub yeah i mean when we see the nightclub it's mostly like behind the scenes in the offices right i mean it's got a cool neon sign but and that, and that's you see that in the beginning of the movie too yes. um, which is kind of neat yeah no i mean that that part's cool but I, I, one of my criticisms would definitely be like it's named after this nightclub <laughs> Yeah, we could we could be doing more with it, but and you know, and then the dolly is kind of follow along because apparently he has an affinity for them. They're at they're at the bungalow. You see, it, there's like the it's there, and then like that gun. He has the gun, and it, and he kind of throws it. He's like, oh, I could kill you, blah blah blah, or something. You know, he could go for it, and then he just throws it on the chair. That's what I ought to do, but you're not worth it. Yeah, he just basically like takes out a gun to Helen and is just like, yeah, I, I want to kill you and I could kill you, but I didn't. Yeah, here's here's the gun. And uh, yeah, <laughs> that's that basically for now. And so he he takes off. She and then we. Uh... <laughs> Damn, where are we in this plot? It's <laughs> a great question. There's going to be plenty of that because this is where like it's doing a lot of setup. So you, you get right. Buzz going out to look for Johnny he goes into the hotel bar and he sees Helen, but he doesn't know that it's his friend's wife. Right. And there's an exchange where they talk about, you know, like, Hey, I'll buy a drink for you or something like that. And she seems very conflicted. Yeah. Uh, bourbon in a minute. Didn't we meet out the blue dahlia the other night? I may have been there. We certainly didn't meet. Sure. We have mutual friends that, Hey, you, that's my seat. Go pick yourself an orchid. Masterful type. All I want is a drink and quick. Hey, how about that? Take one of mine. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Scotch. So they tell me. I'll buy you a drink some rainy night. It's raining now. All right, I'll buy you a drink. How about I'll buy, you know, like the whole, like, I'll buy you on a rainy day or whatever. He's like, tonight's a rainy day. <laughs> and you're like, oh, okay. 
Um, and then, uh, yeah, he ends up following her back to the, the bungalow and you got dad, you know, snooping away, doing his thing that as they call it, later call him the house peeper, um, <laughs> which they call him multiple times. So he's watching again and sees him go into the, you know, the bungalow. And that's where we leave him for now. For now. Yeah. Yes. Dad's always watching. Yep. Meanwhile, we see that Helen gives a call to Eddie who Eddie also owns the Blue Dahlia Club. Mm -hmm. That's going to come into play. And they break up. She's like, I I want nothing to do with you. This night went horribly. It's time to figure something else out. But also, you know, she she has a contingency plan for stuff like this. And she blackmails. Mm -hmm. And so now she is also due to visit at the bungalow. It's a hot bungalow. And dad's watching everything. He witnesses this one, too. Meanwhile, we got to check in on Johnny. Alan Ladd, the star of the picture. Uh, he's in on this rainy night. Yeah, feeling... you mentioned it's like pouring rain. Pouring rain. Yeah. yeah. And and this especially is where you're, you're, you're seeing it. And someone drives by and decides to pick him up. And it's someone on their way to Malibu. And it's our Joyce Harwood, our Veronica Lake here at last. Like luckiest, luckiest hitchhike experience. It never goes that well. Yeah. Could you imagine hitchhiking and then you're picked up by Veronica Lake? Every day, Dan. <laughs> Me too. Every time I stick out the thumb. So yeah, she's on her way to Malibu. They don't really exchange names. It's a very mysterious scene, even though we, we seem to know some things. Not yet about her. Mm-hmm. Um, they definitely have a rapport, but they part ways. And Johnny stays the night at a beachside inn. And the next morning, who should pop up? Veronica Lake. She's staying at the same place. She's getting breakfast too. Isn't yeah. that interesting? What a what quinky dink. Yeah. So like, cool, I like you. We should, uh, let's hang out. Let's go for a, a nice little beach walk. Post rain. Now it's summertime. Yeah, now it's nice. <laughs> and so uh, they're going for the walk. And meanwhile, uh, the, Johnny overhears on the radio that Helen is dead. Dan. Mm-hmm. Helen's gone. Obviously, they're going to suspect him because he made such a scene. You know, even though we saw him pretty much not kill her, we're still like, I don't know. He's kind of weird. He threw that gun down. Maybe, maybe he did do something. I think it's uh, also it's funny because you you hear it over the radio at the at the uh, the front desk at the the end and it, it's it's I feel like I'm trying to remember is it in like Police Squad or Naked Gun where they do that where it's like the, it seems like a bit where it's like they're describing someone and it's like him and he's like trying to like hide almost I don't know it just it, it just made me think of something I think um, that's right dude yeah that sounds yeah sounds about right but they're like describing him basically so he like <laughs> is like tr- yeah. You know, rushing out because they're they're supposed to meet up and go out but she's like oh let me just go to my room and change and then he's like immediately bolts out the door and throws his jacket you know to get rid of it to change his appearance at least a little bit a little bit yes so now we we have uh we got some suspects we got these guys who just came into town they must have done something so let's go ahead and give them a police interview johnny meanwhile he's realizing that he, he should be laying low. So he checks into a hotel under an assumed name, Corelli. But then uh, the hotel manager, he's uh, suspicious and he, he finds a, a framed photo of Johnny with his son, Dickie. And it's his turn to try a little blackmail, mm-hmm. which he doesn't like. He's like, you know, hey, I'm a, I'm a Navy man. Navy men do not accept things like that. And he mm-hmm. punches him out. The frame smashes. And then we see the on the back of the picture, Dan, we got ourselves a nice little note. You know, a nice little uh, note that it's actually an insurance plan saying, hey, this guy, Eddie, who runs that club that I've been dating, he's really this guy, Bauer. 
he's he's a wanted murderer in New Jersey of all places, so he must be a real nasty SOB. Yeah. <laughs> so he's like, oh, that's pretty interesting. But once Corelli comes to, he's like, yeah, I didn't like that punch in the face. You should have got rid of me. Instead, he goes ahead and tries to sell the information of who Johnny is, and what's going on with him. So he goes to a gangster named Leo, who is a guy who works with Eddie. I think we've seen him a couple times already, right? Yeah, we've seen him in, in, in the Blue Dahlia. Yeah, in the office. Yeah. He clearly works. There. There's a lot of office stuff, like we said. Yeah. So he makes plans to go ahead and kidnap Johnny when he's going over to the George and Buzz's place. So Buzz and George uh, head over to visit Eddie at the Blue Dahlia. And Joyce is there. She had agreed to meet Eddie because they had a, a relationship, too. That's what she's been running from. Mm-hmm. Driving to Malibu, quote unquote. Well, they're married, but they're like separated. Yeah. And this <laughs> is like where we find out like who she is, because like yeah. we said before, they're like there wasn't any introductions or anything like that. Right. So you're like, OK, she has a name. This is a thing, clearly. Mm-hmm. I mean, and then you get a little Blue Dahlia flower in, in the Blue Dahlia. Mm hmm. And some music. Sounds like a nice little night out in the town. What could go wrong? As right. long as you don't bring Buzz. Why would you bring Buzz? Yeah. <laughs> Guy needs to be sleeping at home for a while. Yeah. Do something about that buzzing in his head. <laughs> I was waiting for that. I mean, come on. So he, he's he set off. He goes, Buzz, smash! And he just <laughs> makes his way through. And he remembers, like, ah, this is the, the same music that was played at the bungalow. There was a blue Dahlia there, too, when I went off with Helen and, you know, with the mystery. Yeah. When I last left her, if I bought her that drink in the rain and so forth. So at this point, you're thinking like, oh, it was Buzz. Yeah, Buzz did it. Yeah. He's a nut. Yeah. Gotta be him. It would only make sense, Dan. Right, exactly. (laughs) But then then again. I think everyone's on board with it being Buzz. Yes. And unlike last week's movie where we had like a time for you to turn off and you'd be fine. We got, there's nothing here. I mean, the. It's not like a part would be like, hey, if you stopped here, it'd still be Buzz and you could be happy with this movie. It's just, it can't be done, unfortunately. Nope. So Johnny, he, you know, has been in the clutches of Leo and sidekick and he makes his way out, knocks them both out right before Eddie comes in to handle things. He just leaves people behind, but they're always happy to talk and let them know what's happened. They're like, okay, yeah. So (laughs) Alan Ladd did this, (laughs) get him. And, you know, you, you get to learn a little bit more about Eddie, the, Eddie the murderer, you know, like he's not all bad. He doesn't he feels a little guilt about what happened back in New Jersey with the uh, shooting of the bank messenger, this murder that he's been wanted for. Mm-hmm. Leo comes around uh, he tries to shoot at Johnny, but there's a battle and he shoots Eddie instead. Johnny shoots Leo and then heads over to the Blue Dahlia. And the cops are already there. They think Buzz looks good for this thing, too, but he's. He's freaking out. He's like, I don't know. Maybe maybe it wasn't me, huh, guys? That'd be interesting. So Johnny shows up and uh, he's like, hey, Veronica Lake, Buzz loves this song. Why don't you turn this one up for him? <laughs> he's going to love it. He's going to have himself a nice little dance, but it doesn't go so well for Buzz. The, the Buzz be a buzz and this sets off his memory. You just got to play, you know, as painful as these memories are, you got you to gotta play through them. You got to hear the whole song, Dan, so that way he can remember that. Hey, wait, I didn't kill Helen. I, I left that night. Yeah. Isn't that a weird thing to forget? <laughs> and then has and at this point he has that amazing scene where he has like the, the trick with the match, right? I believe so, yes. Yeah. Where like Alan Ladd holds up the match. And even though Buzz is in this kind of like 
stupor trance sort of thing he like shoots the match to light it from like across the room it's it's wild yeah so he's not all gone yeah (laughs) uh so then they're like all right well then it was george right it must be george so newell is pushing that and then he's he tries to head out but then the police captain is like hey wait a second didn't you try to blackmail helen about this whole affair thing that was going on and that'd be a good reason for you to go to her bungalow and kill her if she, she said she wasn't going to play ball. Yeah, and you don't so, make a lot of money. You, and you're a former cop. Yeah. yeah, that sounds good. That sounds like an ending that we could just tack onto this thing that'll be good enough. So Newell's then like, all right, you'll never get me, coppers. Bye. But then, you know, he, he gets killed from Hendrickson. And yeah, I mean, that pretty much puts us outside at the Blue Dahlia. And <laughs> it was they, like, all right. They leave Johnny and Joyce to start their life together do their thing and you get some nice little buzz at the end just to really be like hey this guy wasn't all bad he was helping this movie's existence anytime he came and smashed on the screen yeah the end shout out to buzz buzzing our way through this one 4.8 out of 10 pools of water yeah unfortunately no i i agree um it it just like there's just too much plot i mean I, i feel like Part of it, it necessarily wasn't Chandler's fault, but I feel like also because it's Chandler, it, it can get convoluted anyway. It is his fault as well, yeah. Yeah, it, 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 like it is and it isn't. But I, I feel like the, some of the characters are really good. And, you know, there's it's just, it's kind of a shame. It feels like a little bit of like a, I don't want to say a waste, but like it just feels like there was maybe better potential there, but it just doesn't deliver. Like it feels like there's just, like I said, way too much plot, mm-hmm. you know, just a whole lot going on that they try to really jam pack. There's a lot um, of unnecessary characters. Like you right. really could just whittle this thing down. Yeah. 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 I mean, I, I think I expressed my disdain <laughs> or my just lack of en- enthusiasm over this movie. I, I owned this a long time ago and actually sold it a while back just because I was trying to get rid of some of my movies. I just don't watch and uh, that I wasn't interested in rewatching. So I actually had to rent this. To watch I'm glad it. you didn't have to repurchase at least. No, it was a rental. That's what I didn't want to do. So knowing that, I was like, you know what? I'm not going to purchase this again. So I, I just rented it. Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I, I knew it wasn't going to be a love fest, but you know, we also, you know, we got a, we got a show. So maybe someone's curious about this movie, and we have to come yeah. in and say, hey, wait a second, don't do it. <laughs> yeah, there's a couple little moments that I like, and and there's some a couple you know sequences that are interesting. Um, like I said, some of the characters are cool, but just yeah. As a whole, not great. I mean, you can stay for the Veronica Lake. That's what I say. But there's not even enough of her. Yeah, that's true. Like, you know, it's just everything you want to come through with this just unfortunately doesn't. Yeah. And maybe it never could have. I don't know. It, you know, maybe it was destined to never. I mean, let's get into the backstory of this. I mean, it was rushed into production mm-hmm. uh, without even a completed script. Alan Ladd, who was one of Paramount's top stars at the time, he was in the military. He, he'd been serving for up to 10 months so far, but then was honorably discharged due to illness, but then was reclassified as 1A, aka fit for service, mm-hmm. and was due to come back in May of 1945. So in March of 1945, they rushed this thing through. They really wanted to get something going for Alan Ladd. You know, they didn't know if he was coming back. Right. And, and certainly we, who knew when he was going to come back. So they did their thing and Paramount even kept applying for a deferment so he could make films. But uh, in the end, in the end, Alan Ladd was over 30, which worked out for him. He'd be released from the obligation. So right. maybe they could add a little more time to, to work on this one. But that's mm-hmm. just not what happened. 
So they wanted to make a movie starring him before any of that happened. They didn't really have anything in the pipeline. So producer John Hausman, he knew Raymond Chandler from working with him on Paramount's The Unseen, Mm -hmm. which he did a rewrite on. So they're like, hey, uh, I know you had this novel you were stuck on. Why don't you go ahead and turn this into a screenplay? This could probably work. So he read the 120 pages that Chandler had written and Paramount bought it. This sounds great. Let's go ahead and do this. What could go wrong? (laughs) Uh, So he he was able to turn it into a script in under six weeks. And Paramount was like, this is great. This is going great. This guy's really he's he's going to be one to watch. But the script was not done. In four weeks, they had they had shot up the, the 62 pages that had been written. And Chandler was able to come up with another 22, but he still had 30 to go. The ending was the problem. Like we said, it was going to be buzz. It makes sense to have buzz. It would have happened during a blackout. But the Navy of all people, Dan, they were the ones who were able to come in and be like, yeah, yeah, we don't want any of us to be portrayed as a murderer. So Paramount was like, hey, Chandler, you're going to love this. Come up with a new ending. And he's just like, uh, I don't know what to do. He's like, I got a writer's block. I don't know what I can do. They offered him $5,000 to finish the script, which didn't work. So he's like, you know what? I got a perfect idea. Let me get fucking hammered and like crazy hammered, like dangerously hammered. That's going to get this script done. And they're like, I don't know about that. But like, no, no, no. It's going to be drunk. That's how, that's what's going to do it. And he's like, this is going to be crazy, guys. So watch out. <laughs> like, uh, OK, if that's what's going to get it done. And it did. It. He was able to finish the script and he delivered that ending, which he was not happy about. Uh, he felt like it just made it, you know, your standard routine who done it. So he was not very happy about that. He was also not happy about Veronica Lake. <laughs> he said he had a lot of terrible things to say about her. Um, he very. called her Moronica Lake. I it, saw. Yeah, I know about that. Yeah, which just not goes happy to show that. you. No, fuck Raymond Chandler. He, he wrote this piece of shit movie. You know, like he's not going <laughs> to win in the end. He was like, I got a drunken idea. I ruined the movie further. Like, God forbid you go back and, and think of some stuff. But yeah. Um, and Veronica Lake, a lot of why she was cast was because Alan Ladd is so tiny. Dan. He's a tiny man in Hollywood standards. And yeah. So they I was gonna say because I think we're like the same height, so, <laughs> you and I. So watch, watch what you say. Man, I'm six foot eight. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that made sense to be paired against. So that was a, a big reason why. Yeah, Veronica Lake's like four eleven or something like that. Yes. She's, she's yeah, she's pretty short. You feel confident saying she's short? Well, yeah. We don't we don't want to offend the Allen lads out there. Yeah. <laughs> I mean that's pretty much it. Let's see. Well, didn't uh, was it the converse with uh, uh, his wife in the movie? Uh, was her name uh, in real life? Doris Dow- Dowling. Like apparently, like she was really actually as tall or a little bit taller than Alan Ladd. So they kind of had to like. I believe be, she like, was yeah even taller or about as tall and yeah. So they had to <laughs> they figure it out. She all the scenes they had together, she was either sitting or lying down. Right. Yeah. So that's fun. which is wild because I'm sure Alan Ladd was like not <laughs> thrilled about that. I feel like he was pretty self-conscious of that, too. Oh, my God. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. He was not a humble man, it seemed. Yeah. Not in a bad way, but, you know, just how he did. Um, but the the film was a hit. It was one of the most popular films at the British box office dance. So we might be hearing from our UK Twitter friends saying how much they love this movie. and We're going to let them down with our review. Oh, no. But you know what? You know, we can't lie. Sometimes this one. 
Yeah, it just you know, it wasn't wasn't great. Which I I think we do a pretty good job of trying to find the best in these things and the compliments to give. And we've watched some some uh, potential stinkers, and and I think we found some of the beauty in it. But this one, this one is, is tough, you know. Yeah, like I, mean, I, I would watch uh, Post Band Always Rings twice before this one. Interesting, interesting. What about you? If we're going down to either one, like I'm, I really want to torture you, but like, what's the <laughs> one right before you lose your sanity? Before you do your buzz freak out? <laughs> I, I would actually say that I, I would go against that. I would actually rather watch this than Postman. I feel like Postman <laughs> felt like more of a slog. I think the only thing I like, and it's the only thing memorable, is is the is the sequence where Lana Turner walks out in that movie. Like it's the only thing. I, <laughs> and, I, and, I, and I think there's some weird thing with a cat or something at one point, and like a ladder. Like, the cat gets electrocuted. Yeah, yeah. Those are the two things that I remember from that movie. Um, and, I mean, I like know. when they kill the guy. Like that was fun. Yeah, yeah. With the driving. Yeah, I forgot about that. But yeah, I, I feel like this. It's like. They gotta be in the same runtime, just about. Like it's too wait. I mean, postman is probably longer, but like this That's one is, is it definitely you? You're looking at the clock. You feel it for sure. Yeah, this one's like 100 minutes, and then postman is 113. So yeah, it's about about the same. Um, Can you yeah. believe Chandler was nominated for an Academy Award for Best Original Screenplay for this one, Dad? I well, I, I get like you know everything up to the the ending. Like when you break it down, there are some interesting things there, but is is it actually like translating onto the screen? I think that's the disconnect. Like I feel like the the actual premise of this is really fascinating when you think about it, where you you have this detective that's like kind of the you know the eyes and ears of all these different guys going in and out of this bungalow, and there's this woman dead there, and the husband was the first one to leave, but you don't know who killed it, and then you have all these potential suspects and potential motives. So like. There's some interesting setup about that, but it's just, like I said, there's too much plot. There's too many characters coming after it. It kind of just gets lost in the weeds as it goes on. It's like the wrong actors too. You know, I would say other than Buzz, like everyone's kind of lacking like a, a grit that's kind of required, especially for like mm-hmm. a Chandler, you know. I, I guess I would be curious to read the screenplay and see if I can get lost into it as opposed to this movie. I mean, there yeah. was like a lot of stuff that got taken out too. I mean, like, right. There was a suggestion of uh, Johnny jabbing a thumb into Leo's eye at one point. And then uh, they had a close up of Corelli all beaten and they had that gone. And there was even a line uh, when I was a kid in Chicago, I saw a cop shoot a little white dog to death. That that wasn't going to make it. So, I mean, they definitely softened a lot of the edges, unfortunately, that, you know, and maybe maybe remake this one, Dan, with the with keeping Buzz as the murderer. And yeah, um, I also forgot there was a really cool shot that I liked. It's, I mean, it's kind of a little bit funny, but uh, when they're at that kind of like that shack where they where they they trap Alan Ladd, it's it's Leo and that other henchman guy, mm-hmm. and <laughs> it was ad libbed. It was added on, sort of ad libbed, but then they added it into the script. I believe is when the when Leo is like uh, has his feet in the bath because he like broke his leg in the scuffle that they had, and the camera's on the floor, mm-hmm. and then you see like in the foreground, you see Alan Ladd's head. And then there's the chair and then the camera, you kind of see under the chair, you see uh, Leo sitting there like soaking his leg and his feet. It's just like such a weird, amazing. Which apparently had happened. Like he did break his leg and they they added it in there to accommodate for that. And Chandler was not happy because he didn't like rewrites. And that was one thing he was very afraid of because the director and the producer were quite famous for doing rewrites of their films. So yes. But I just thought that was an interesting shot. I don't know. I, I that one just stood out to me. 
It's something, yeah. I'd be curious to see what our photos are going to be from this one because it's not like there's a lot of like, oh my god, this shot was so beautiful. Like, I, I could very them. well be the shot. Oh, okay, good. <laughs> I, I have actually I have them a little bit early, so I'll send them over after. All right, oh, you interesting. Can, uh, you can you can judge my my selections. Yes, you'll you'll feel it in the uh, the posting that I do for it if it's a yeah. smiley one or a sad one. Mm-hmm. Um, and then weirdly enough, this is one of over 700 Paramount Productions uh, film from 1929 to 1949 that ended up, they're no longer in their catalog. It was sold over to Universal. Mm-hmm. So they're the ones in charge of all of that. And that's always <laughs> interesting. Probably, when you see like Universal and says, it says Paramount. That's, that's weird. That's weird. Yeah, yeah. I feel like, and that's probably maybe why it was picked up by Shot Factor because they put out a handful of these Alan Ladd uh, mm-hmm. Blu-rays of uh, film noir like this gun for hire and glass key stuff like that. They'll be coming at some point. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. That's all I got. Yeah, that's that's all I have too. Oh, and they uh, they adapted it into a half-hour radio play in 1949 with Lake and Lad in their roles. So there you go. And there was a stage play in 1989. I wonder what that one was like. That that would probably have been wild. Oh, and then there's the uh, the Black Dahlia thing, right? Like she was going to see this movie and. Wasn't that involved? I forget how that plays into the... I, I didn't really, like, look too far into that. I, I did think of it, obviously, when you hear, you know, the Dolly or whatever. Um, but was that what it was? Was it that she was going to that movie? I had the fun fact, and then I accidentally got rid of it. Oh, well, <laughs> I told at, you, Dan, I'm barely prepared for this episode. Because what's interesting is, because that happened in 47. So that happened, like, a year after this movie came out. So I, I just have a weird... Like, why would this still be in the theater? Yeah, could have been a let's see late showing of it. Uh, it says she would acquire the nickname of the Black Dahlia monstrously, as newspapers of the period often nicknamed particular lurid crimes. The term may have originated from a film noir murder mystery, The Blue Dahlia, released in 1946. So it was more like of the times. I think. Like, hey, that sound good. <laughs> yeah, like like it. The, had, the movie had just come out. It was in somewhat of the lexicon. And they just kind of, you know, borrowed it for this. The title's great. Yeah, I think the title's great. Like I said, the, the neon sign in the beginning. And yeah, this has a 7.1 average rating on IMDb. That's insane. It sure does. You, you, um, I just noticed that. That is too much. It, I mean, it does get a lot of, a lot of uh, cred, I think, in the film noir world. And like, you know, I, I know we gave it kind of a bad rap. And, and I'm not trying necessarily recanting that. But I, I'm saying like... I, I guess I can sort of see certain elements of a why people like it, but I, I don't love it. Like I like it's like as the reasons that we mentioned, like I, I feel think, like it just doesn't doesn't always, it doesn't really work. super No. Well. And I get what you're saying, but I feel like those elements are you can find so much better in and in most yeah. of the movies we've done. You know, like it's yeah, that's just like film. Noir. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, I kind of right. like that. This is this genre. Oh, you like this? Well, you're going to love this then. Right. I mean, give me the big sleep over this. You know what I mean? Like that's, you know if we're going chandler like yeah if we're going chandler and convoluted like yeah like that's what that's what i'm gonna watch like if that's if that's the mood that i'm in that's what i'm gonna watch i'm telling you it's definitely the lack of horniness in this movie that is (laughs) is what its fault is i mean it's just you got veronica lake and no one's like oh my god like stop the the movie everything it's just like nope you see more going on with uh, Helen and the bungalows than anything yeah. going on. It, it's they had a lot of plot. There was a lot of plot to happen. <laughs> they couldn't just sit around and, and, and stay with that. You can't leave until you finish your plot on your plate, Dan. Mister. <laughs> yes. Nope. I'd go no to dessert. bed. Uh, all right. Well, 
that concludes this Manila folder on this episode. But while we have the cabinet open, Dan, I got something. I got I got ourselves a, a file on Thelma Jordan. Oh. Look at them. The sensation hunters, hungry for headlines. The wolf pack and full cry, tearing a woman's life to shreds. They all want to know why Thelma Jordan went wrong. Who is the man she loved in the shadows? Maybe I am just a Damon, didn't know it. Who is the man she called in the night? You've got to come at once. Something's happened. I know the answers because I am the man she called, the man she loved, and now the man who must try her for murder. I'd like to say I didn't intend to kill her, but when you have a gun, you always intend if you have to. facts coincidental facts but still facts blackmail minor thefts bar and brawl stop it cleave you can't tell me stop it cleave in court but even if he knows the bitter truth about her there's still a time in every man's life when he goes for a woman like thelma when he throws aside his family his future his honor just to hold her in his arms that's the convenient part about a fall guy once you've got him hooked you've always got him hooked don't cleave he has a gun it was supposed to be Scott who could destroy evidence. But you were so anxious. Essential. forward to this one i've never seen this one nor have i but yes the same there's some some good people involved both in the directorial and the acting Mm -hmm. calibers i don't know if we if there's a trailer for this one so maybe you just heard it maybe you didn't (laughs) it's a roll of the dice dan it's what we do it is what we do you know what else we do we like to hear about how good we are at what we do how would we do that dan how are we going to get our days brightened what what uh let's start with the social media aspect of it huh (laughs) What's that Instagram? Out of the cast? That sounds like a Twitter handle to me, sir. That is the Twitter handle, yes. yes. Out, of, out of the podcast. Oh, that must be Instagram right there. Yes, it is. All right. Uh, hey, what about email? You got one of those? That's the real out of the podcast at gmail.com. Wow, look at that. Perfect. Talk about a file. You got a file on our social media information. It's right from my, my brain. Dan, I just got a, a new smartphone for my birthday. It was a... Uh, Android or Apple phone. Uh, that means I got to check out podcasts. Say I'm there and I do like an Apple podcast or uh, Spotify or something. What am I doing there, Dan? You're listening and subscribing and commenting and reading and reviewing yeah. all of the above. You're going to both comment and review. Yes. The- yes. Co- comment on, on how you think we're doing. We'll know the difference. Yes. And then like- review it of the actual show. Like yes. the show itself as a whole, like you have to kind of delineate the two. 
boy, I, I can't wait till it feels like Christmas morning and I wake up and check to see a, a fresh review and comment from our listeners, the Noiros. That would be fantastic. I know it's what you live for. Ho, 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 Dan. We're still in July, right? Yeah, yeah. Christmas in July. Hey, there we go. Merry Christmas, huh? It's the crime and a Merry Christmas. <laughs> Ready? It's the crime. <laughs>